Caleb. What? He's back. Oh my god, I did not see you there. Sons of bitches. You. I wanted more food. I wanted more gruel. And all y'all decide to sell me to The Undertaker. Not an Undertaker. The Undertaker. Wait, it was. WWE the Superstar Undertaker. Undertaker. Fuck, dude. I'm Look, so listen, sorry. Look, listen, like, He was great uh, in his time, but as a human, I do not like his conservative views. That is my only statement on this. That is my only thing. I... <laughs> he did not call himself the Undertaker. He said, what I'm ad? Undertaker. And I just what thought... You use? <laughs> there wasn't even a... There wasn't even ad. an N. He just said, I am Undertaker. What? The five huh. minutes of hearing a gong and lightning and going, burn, burn, burn. wasn't a dead giveaway that that like that was being weird. a casket. Yeah, I, I, that wasn't was a dead a giveaway that you hired that, the wrong one. Yeah. In retrospect, I mean, he also strange. gave us the best offer. So what do you mean he gave you the best offer? He gave us the only we took offer, bids, bro. Well, one fuck yeah, everyone. It was just one. Take me, but two fuck you guys more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome back, Dylan. Are you in one piece? No! I don't have a left toe! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a toe! I'm not going to tell you which toe it is. You don't deserve to know. Well, you said the left. Oh, but... Oh, there are five... Yes, Caleb, how many toes are on a foot? Depends on who you ask. Well, according to Dylan, he only has four now. Because he lost one, so... Anyways, All y'all had to welcome to the binge picture. <laughs> Have you learned your lesson, though? No, because fuck you all. <laughs> On that but note, continue. We're all, this is binge picture. Welcome to the binge picture podcast, the podcast where each week the three of us are going to watch every single movie that's won best picture at the Oscars in a completely random order. I'm one of your hosts, Ross Benbenek, joined by Caleb Weed. And rejoined by... Dylan Bates and the salty motherfucker. Um, Welcome back, Dylan. Well, Dylan, if it makes you feel any better, I completely forgot to plug socials last week. So. What the what the hell was the point of recording? I don't know. I completely <laughs> forgot. And you're usually the one that keeps us on task, so we missed you. I keep you guys we really on did. task. We, we no, did. I don't. I just yell. Well, you yell at us. Yeah, you yell at us if we, if we veer mm-hmm. off topic too much. So. Mm-hmm. You're a little, uh, like, metronome, keeping us yep. timed, keeping us tight. So, um, Caleb, would you like to get us started with the movie we watched this week? <laughs> I would love that. So this week, um, we all watched A Man for All Seasons from 1966, directed by Fred Zinneman. The 39th um, Oscar winner for Best Picture. Yes, indeed. Uh, so, we all watched it. Um, would you guys like to hear what it's about? No, because I, I don't be bored again. It was... <laughs> I will preface this by saying this might be the most boring movie we've watched thus far. Yeah, yeah. At least beautiful Unless you're super into 16th century English politics. Um, I, I, oh boy. Okay, so this it's is, the earliest... This is for all the AP Euro teachers out there. <laughs> Alright. It's early 16th century England. 
Um, this is a historical biography of Sir Thomas More, um, who in this film was played by Paul Schofield. Um, and Sir Thomas More was a member of the Privy Council, which was basically um, a group of advisors to the king, who at this time was King Henry VIII, uh, who was played by Rich, uh, Robert Shaw. Excuse me. And basically, the plot of the movie is thus. King Henry VIII wants to divorce his wife, Catherine of Aragon, for the heinous crime of not giving him a male heir, because that's completely up to her to control. And it's, um, it's the woman's fault. It always did. is. Yeah, and so Henry VIII wants to bang Anne Boleyn instead, um, who's he played also by... heavily laid on that he wanted to bang Sir Thomas More's daughter. 100%. The man Wait, with yeah. a horn dog. What do you expect? But we can't let continue. <laughs> Certified horn dog. Essentially, yeah. He, he did, no longer wanted to be married. We sentenced you we to sentence horny jail. Henry VIII to <laughs> horny jail. Horn doggery. Um, okay, so, uh, but Anne Boleyn... It was a brief role, but she was played by Vanessa Redgrave in this film. So, but but basically, the issue is he needs to have permission from the Pope to divorce his wife. Um, so, a cardinal and Lord Chancellor of England um, named Wolseley, who also happens to be played by the Orson Welles. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he he tries to get permission from the Pope on behalf of the King, so the King can divorce. His wife. And meanwhile, Sir Thomas More is the only member of the Privy Council who disapproves of this, as Sir Thomas More is a very religious man with a very loud conscience. Um, so Wolsey, the Cardinal Orson Welles, promptly promptly <laughs> dies. Promptly dies after so fucking up too Orson Welles goes away. So, like, he first po- Orson Welles first pops up, and I'm like, is that Orson Welles? What the fuck? And then I look and I look and I'm like, that is Orson Welles. He looks like he is literally on death's door. And then like five um, minutes later, I'm like, oh, well, I, I guess Orson Welles was, Wells he was the supposed to look that way. on death's door. That late into his <laughs> career. He's, he's yeah, the yeah, definition yeah. of on death's door. Well, he does indeed die very shortly into the film, um, which was a shame. I would have liked to see more of it. It's but not his story. Not to be told. It's not. Um, so... Wolseley dies, King Henry VIII appoints Sir Thomas More as the new Lord Chancellor of England, and uh, he pressures him really, really hard for his support in securing the divorce, which Sir Thomas More simply refuses to do so on account of his very moral and just principles. Um, And so the king declares himself the supreme... I mean, he's frustrated. Sexually frustrated. It's not... Well, I'm sure, but he's Sexually just Sexually frustrated, politically frustrated. He's a frustrated guy. Yeah. His, uh, the divorce is not, like, it's not moving along. Um, Sir Thomas More is in the way of it. Um, so the king declares himself, or he has parliament declare him the, uh, supreme head of the Church of England and requires that everyone renounce their allegiance to the Pope and, uh, swear their allegiance to him and him alone, which, of course, Sir Thomas More will not do. Um, so he pretty quietly resigns from his position as Lord Chancellor, um, and he doesn't he doesn't go public about what he believes. He just thinks, hey, this is not cool, um, so someone else can take care of it. But regardless, he is pretty quickly arrested um, for not supporting the king, and he is thrown in jail, and um, eventually at his trial, he's found guilty of treason, and he's executed. And uh, that is the two-hour movie boiled down to five minutes. Five minutes. Yes. Because that's all it needs. 
Yeah. Um, do we want to start out with positives, or do we just acting's good? Get the... the acting's fine. The acting was okay. good. The acting was very good. Um, Schofield, absolutely star of the show. Uh, uh, the scenes he was in, I enjoyed. Um, um, I think Robert Shaw was great. I loved Robert Shaw as Henry VIII. That as well. I mean, again, the the common thread with all of these Best Picture winners is the acting is on point. Performances yes. are fantastic. In other um, aspects, their qualities vary. Uh, this is the fourth Robert Shaw movie I've seen. It is also the fourth Robert Shaw movie where he's on a boat. Ooh. And it is also, <laughs> it is also <laughs> the fourth Robert Shaw movie where someone dies. So mm. Robert Shaw's got a connecting thread. Boats and death. All I'm hearing mm. is that this man is responsible for all the boating accidents that happen out at sea. Can't confirm. Well, I mean, he was in Jaws and The Deep. And, I mean, it wasn't his fault in Jaws. No, but... it's his fault. He's the shark. What? He's in the shark. He is the shark. <laughs> he, he is, is the Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> okay, a couple more nice things I want to say about this movie. We can say a few nice things. Yeah, like, there are some genuinely nice things to say. I think it was shot competently. I didn't think the cinematography was like particularly special. What did you think of all of these shots uh, of ducks? I like ducks. There were a there's lot some, of ducks. There's some ducks that live um, like right behind my house. Yeah, do you hang out with them a lot? No, they go down. They, there's a lake down the street, so they go down to the lake a lot. But every once in a while, I'll we'll see them waddling back. It's nice. That sounds that sounds like a great a uh, great connection you guys have. I'm, yeah, we got I'm something good fun. going here. I'm happy for you. Um, and the costumes are good. Costumes are very good. Duh, it's kind of hard to fuck up any idea of like good costumes on when you're filming in the fucking place where it happened. Well, it's 600 years ago, 500 and years ago. And yet they have recollections and records of all the clothes. But there are ways to do it poorly, and it has been done poorly, and I think oh, in yeah. this case well, it was alright. Yeah, yeah, this good. thing wouldn't even touch the idea of Best Picture if it had terrible costume design. You can't just walk in with a tuxedo and be like, I'm Henry VIII. Unless you're doing like a modern day recollection <laughs> of it, which is weird. Um, so, we've got the positives out of the way. But now, there's one really big negative I think we can all agree on. And I'm going to let uh, modern day Canadian visionary Scott Pilgrim tell us. This is... This is... What? This is boring. <laughs> For anyone who can't hear it out of his tiny-ass speaker, he just said, this is so boring. Did that Did that sound come through well? I just played it straight off my phone. It was very quiet. Okay, I'll bump the Mike, audio for the... I'll bump the audio Michael for Sarah that said, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. And he's or right. just take the audio from like that clip and just put it there. Yeah, I'll probably... I'll do that, yeah. Yeah, we we were silent for that part. So peek behind the curtains, mm-hmm. do that. Yeah, here we go. This, this was fucking boring, guys. I'm sorry. It like, was it's very so boring. Content, dull, and there's nothing interesting. I'm like, you can act your ass off, but if the story and the script are boring as shit, I'm gonna go take a shit, and that would be more exciting than the movie itself. It's like, I think there's an interesting story that you could tell here. Sure. Yeah, and it's called, think, the, and it's I, called the Tudors series. They did it better. But aside from that, you, that, just this movie, if 
you just rewrite this script to focus more on his internal conflict instead of the political minutiae of the time period. This could be a really interesting story, like with silent, like religious epics, like um, Last Temptation of Christ and Silence. They play the whole conflicted religious person really well by focusing on their internal conflict. Mm-hmm. This Silence has the like, idea of going too long, though, but that's a story for another time. Yeah. That's another. That's this, a story for another day. It's a valid complaint about silence. This script had no, almost no internal conflict. He was, he knew what he thought from the beginning, and he just yeah. stuck to it. And yeah, it was, was transparent, and it was just about all the other stuff, all the political minutia, like you said, going on around him, which just dilutes the film to this boring. So what I what I say it felt like was like watching a school play with extremely high production That's value. That's about it. That's about it. People, people would show up and like read their lines, and they read them convincingly and well, and then... Then they went home. The scene would end. I mean, I mean, it, it'd be adap- a new scene. I mean, this was adapted from a play. Absolutely, you could tell. It was 100% for the stage. Modern day kind of watching all that, you can do so much better by making plays so, like, for television and video and all that. Like, you make them so much better. It's just, yeah. ow. This thing is And you can do play adaptations interestingly. And, like, Like, it's mm -hmm. like, ah, we go over the span of, like, what, six, seven years, and, like, it flies through it all. Yeah. It does. At, at that point, you don't even say you do it then. You do it, like, over the course of two, and then you'd be like, da 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 Creek is like a court has case. Has there ever been a Creek movie? Creek is like a goddamn court case. Well, there was a lot of court case. But has there ever been a movie that has spanned, like, six years of actual events? Yes. And it has made it feel so quick, yes. yet so boring. Uh, boring? I, mean, no. I don't know. Like, I, no, I can't think boring. of anything off the top of my head. I can think of things that did well with progression and all that like yeah. it didn't feel like it was six years worth of events because they glossed over a lot i guess yeah, but and... at the same time like in those accelerated six years it was the most boring <laughs> i don't know it was terrible yeah like fuck man it's just it was frustrating like emily like my emily went to bed at like the hour and a half mark with a half hour left like no it was before that no she went to bed like halfway through mm. Lucky her. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of... I won't lie. So, I haven't felt this, except in, I think, the first movie we watched. I've ne- I haven't felt like this has been a waste of my time to watch a movie before. Until now. Uh, because as a I'm history sorry, nerd... Dylan, did I knew you watch this A shit. Beautiful Mind with as us? As a history nerd, I knew this. I knew all this yeah, shit happened. Like... I've seen better productions of this happen. It's just... It's, oh, goddamn boring. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. I I was oh, I was about to man I was about to at certain points I was out of it. I had the uh, the coffee running, the coffee dripping, so I made it through. Yep. It was just not great. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so frustrating because technically it's fine. Yeah, and it it's looks not, fine. Yeah, and the acting's fine, but it it's just comes You're back so to the boring. writing. It's just that we need a better movie. Yeah, it's some like something that really, really bothered me about this is how it gave every side character like this mini monologue. Like mm-hmm. 
every single, like almost every single side character got this like two or three minute monologue at various points. I'm like, yeah, okay, I this think... may work on the stage, but on the screen, exactly. this doesn't fucking exactly. work. Exactly. I think if you were to adapt a stage play today for the screen, you would do it way differently. This was literally mm-hmm. a stage play that they filmed. Yeah. And they, I mean, you know, obviously with the caveats that the sets were much more um, multidimensional and... Yeah, and grandiose. And grandiose. But it was for the stage. I mean, Schofield, Paul Schofield, the lead, Sir Thomas More, reprised that role, I think, previously, like before he, he, he played, it was made into He played movie. Thomas More. Yeah, he played Thomas yeah. More um, either on Broadway or at West End. Some One both, of the big ones. Both. He's probably, he he's both. old enough that, like, if he would have And he won, he won the Tony... He won the Tony for this role on Broadway, actually. Yeah, he's one of the only people that's won a Tony and an Oscar for the same role. That's I mean, I feel like it's that noteworthy. list is like three people long. It's not. I don't have the list in front of me, but it's not a big list. Um, it can't shit. be. See, like what play adaptations really need to rely on when you like adapt a play for the screen, you really, really have to rely on the gravitas of your cast. And you have to have an interesting premise. Maybe don't kill off Orson Welles 20 minutes in. Or Orson Welles died. Not even. Wellesy wasn't around during this, so he had to die. Yeah, but, but, okay, so don't cast him as Wellesy. That's a... I would rather watch um, him. With a streetcar named Desire, there is enough external conflict that involves you, and Marlon Brando is so fucking good, you can't look away when he's on screen. With something like Fences, for all of its faults, Denzel Washington is great. And he carries that, he and Viola Davis carry that movie on their backs. Those two are good enough that they can carry the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a performance in this movie that you could say was good enough to carry the whole thing on its back. And it's because it's stage actors for the most yeah. part. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Orson Welles and you got Robert Shaw, but they're. I mean, Even Robert so- Shaw's in. Robert Shaw's in two scenes. Orson Welles is in one scene. Yeah. That leaves an, that still leaves an hour and a half of the movie. I would just like to say that there was a character named Richard Rich. and I, I saw that, that and I yeah. laughed my ass off, honestly. <laughs> I was played, like, redundancy is played, redundant. <laughs> played by John Hurt. Was a real from, guy, too, like, historically yeah. speaking. Sir Richard Rich. Mm-hmm. And but I love who, that. Who would have thought that 13 years later he'd have a chestburster kill him in Alien? <laughs> I mean, you just can't plan for the xenomorphs. No, really especially can't. when it's when it's your great 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 ancestor who looks exactly like you. I was gonna see. I was gonna see how long he would keep that going. I got like twenty of them in. That counts. But like, it's so weird. Like, like Ross, you basically just hit the nail on the head that if if you're going to adapt a play, a musical, or something that was made for a stage. You have to have better camera angles. You have to have better ideas of how to make this, like, captured. Yeah. And you also have to have the people who have the balls to carry an entire performance by themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it, the blocking, it was all very formal and stage-like. It's, it was, yeah, absolutely. It's a play. It's a it fucking is. play. It is. It's like watching a... a Nothing's play. wrong with plays. With... Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. We're not saying it's that. Just, this one's boring, and in order to adapt, in order to make a play interesting for the screen, you have to make changes, and this movie didn't. 
It made some. I was reading about the original stage play, but not enough. Not enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this movie got nominated for eight Oscars. Yeah. It won six. Yeah. Which ties it with Oliver and Miniver as our most win- as our winningest movie so far. Um, so the winningest it's, movie so far. It on- so the only two categories it lost were supporting actor and supporting actress. And then it I won. I could horribly see that. Yeah, well, Robert Shaw, who was, I think, Robert Shaw was the best performance. I think Robert Shaw was having a fucking blast with this movie. I thought he, he was very good. That's King Henry. Yeah, yes, he was. He was having fun. <laughs> so he lost supporting actor, but then um, it won best picture, won best director. Uh, Paul Schofield got best actor. It won Best Adapted Screenplay, and then it won Best Color Cinematography and Color Costumes. Okay, no, Which... that's something I wanted to bitch about. Okay, so I had this big thing planned, because I watched it last night, but then fell asleep, and then I, re- I kind of like rewatched it this morning. You know what this movie reminds me of? It's what? like something I made in college, and here's why. Here's why I think it's something I made in college. The reason why I think that is because it literally has very minimal color grading, very lackluster storytelling and very lackluster camera angles. <laughs> <laughs> it basically screams everything I've made in college. So your film in college should have won no, this picture. No, not basically, it could have won getting. in the '60s, but not today because people have taste, and you know, the camera angles exist beyond wide zoom and mid. Well, yeah, but like 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 we said, it's a, it's shot as if you were watching it from an auditorium. Yeah, watching people fucking, on a stage. Yeah, we've seen it that before. But like, wait, what? I what I see. Well, Hamilton did it. Well, again, modern day storytelling, modern day shit. Well, the, the thing the is, musical. Hamilton was Hamilton was literally a pl- like. This is an adaptation. Hamilton is literally they stuck a camera in the theater. But it feels well. It doesn't because the sets are definitely more multi dimensional. Um, mm. But beyond that, it does feel like someone stuck a camera in the you know the most expensive seats in a theater yeah and i don't think comparing this to a musical is super fair because musical adaptations you have that spectacle you have the big insane numbers like you have Mm -hmm. your lemas your phantoms your um um, can you name more than three can you name more than three oliver oliver last week we watched oliver it has not been i wondered if that was gonna come up can you name four i know Oh, my cat's in here. Hello. <laughs> my cat was also in here, but... Cats? Shit. Cat- cats? There's number four. I'm, I'm going to leave four now. Dollar. We don't talk about this now. <laughs> we don't talk about this. I don't want to hear about cats. Oh, but Dylan, no. when we get to the best picture for 2019, no. we know you know we have to talk no. about cats. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Yeah, it's just comparing... Like play adaptations to musical adaptations doesn't make sense because with a play you don't have you don't necessarily have that spectacle. You have to rely on the dialogue and the performances. But that is the spectacle because if you do that switch, if you do this switch from the big numbers and you do all that, it's the it's the carrying it's the tone of the script. And as we could tell, like they didn't really adapt the script for a movie. So like yeah, with it, all that, guess, so it, it's different. It's it's a fucking play. It's just a yeah. play that they stuck a camera in front of. 
So uh, I think that covers our thoughts on the movie pretty well. <laughs> so before we get into year and film, this is going to be a shorter episode, I think. Before we get to year and film, um, one out of ten. What do you guys think? Four. Four out of ten. I give it a five out of ten because um, it's it's fine. It's just boring. I'm going right in the middle. Four and a half. All right. So I think four and a half would be the I, average. I what's it yeah. With the one. And yeah, I four and a half average. One again. Yeah. A beautiful mind. I mean, Dude, that makes sense. We we all hated a beautiful mind. You're not yeah. special. <laughs> I know. Uh, it gets rougher than a man for all seasons. I actually yeah. did it. What it need to be called? You all were sympathetic. Hey, hey, Jennifer Connelly was good. Jennifer Connelly was good. There were certain redeemable qualities. There are certain redeemable qualities for all of these. Yes. Um, do you guys want to hear about this year in film? I would love that, Ross. Yes, please. Enlighten us. All right. So 1966. So It's a year, and it's a, I can't believe that this, that this <laughs> movie Thank you, Captain. Would you like to be promoted? <laughs> yes, please. So Best Picture nominees, there were five of them. Um, so we had A Man for All Seasons. We had The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. We had Alfie starring Michael Caine. We had The Sand Pebbles, which is a three-hour-long war epic. Um, yeah, I was thinking about watching that, and then I saw that runtime, and I was yeah. like, oh, fuck that. I'm not, I that's don't a, that's a commitment. And then um, we have the only other nominee from this year that I've seen, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, hmm. which was much better than this. Yeah, you said you watched it, so... Yeah, um, Who Killed Virginia Woolf is also a play adaptation, so it has some of the same problems. It's very... It's it's very reliant on the dialogue and the performances, but the difference between Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and A Man for All Seasons is Virginia Woolf has some really fucking good performances in it. Like, uh, it has I'll Elizabeth Taylor... I haven't seen any of these movies. Um, Elizabeth Taylor steals the show. She's incredible. Um, and then George Siegel is incredible. Like, I believe it got nominated in all four acting categories, like wow. lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. It led the nominations this in this year with 13 hmm. and it won five. So like it was close between a man for all seasons and who, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm kind of upset that Virginia Woolf lost it because it was a lot better. Hmm. But um, on to the box office. So the top five in the box office in 1966. We had A Man for All Seasons in fifth place. We had The Sand Pebbles in third place. Virginia Woolf. No, I'm sorry. Sand Pebbles was fourth place and Virginia Woolf was third place. And then we had The Bible, The Beginning in second place. And we had a movie I mean, called it, Hawaii. The, the Beginning is the the. Be- it's called Bible, the Bible, the beginning. the beginning, the Bible, the colon, the beginning. So it's the beginning of the Bible. I'm assuming so. so. The I'm reading Genesis. Like that. That'd be hilarious if for like a good hour. <laughs> it's and a half, David Attenborough documentary where <laughs> <laughs> about Genesis. What's the movie called? The woman. What's it called? The female the gently Bible, places fig leaves over the her genitalia. What? <laughs> Are you looking at? <laughs> yeah, Dylan, look it up. Look it up for us. I'm looking it um, up. Top, tops of the box Adam office was a movie called Hawaii. The film consists of five main sections. Sections: The Creation, The Garden of Eden, 
Cain and Abel, Noah's Ark, and the story of Abraham. There are also a pair of shorter, shorter, fuck me, that tripping over my own tongue. Shorter, sh- fuck, shorter <laughs> sections. I hate. A week off my got him mouth. shook. Ugh. You don't know what he made a me do. A week with the Undertaker's um, got him shook. Sure. <laughs> recounting of building of the Tower of Babel and the other destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. The sections were ve- very greatly in tone. This just sounds like a short story epic where it just goes all over the place. Yeah, it, it sounds okay. like an anthology. Just it like sounds kind of like the beginning of the Bible. What? Yeah, I mean, uh, story for story, I think that pretty much was the beginning of the sounds Bible. Sounds like the Bible, the beginning. Um, yeah. and, and like I said, Hawaii topped the box office. Hmm. Um, but the box office and the Oscar nominations are not the interesting releases from 1966. Caleb and Dylan, do you want to hear what the big releases from this year were? I kind of know. I don't. Yeah, you kind of know. know. All right. So we have The Sword of Doom, which is an incredible samurai revenge flick. We have okay. uh, Adam West Batman movie. We have Blow Up, which got we got Blow Up, which got remade into um, uh, Brian De Palma's Blow Out. We had, and then there's the, here's the big three that I was getting at. We had um, Andre Tarkovsky's Andre Rublev, which in a year where a religious epic won right. Best Picture. And Andre fucking Rublev came out, one of the greatest religious epics ever made. Honestly. But Dylan, there's two more that I think you will know about. We have Ingmar Bergman's Probably Persona. Not. I guarantee you know the last one. And <laughs> you have to. <laughs> Sergio Leone's The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Never heard of it. <laughs> I call bullshit. Oh, it's horrible bullshit. bullshit. Of course I've seen that movie. <laughs> I was just fucking with y'all. Like, I was going to see if I could get away with you it. Had, you, you had me worried for a second, motherfucker. <laughs> Why? You're about to be like disqualified from a movie podcast. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Kill me. See the viewers drop. I'm the reason they come to see. <laughs> so, I just, in a year, like... Obviously, in the 60s, something like Persona and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is not going to win an Oscar. But looking back... In terms of longevity... Like, who gives a shit about a man for all seasons? And the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is regarded as one of the best movies ever made. I think it's just an interesting look at how tastes change, you know? It really is fascinating. We've had that for a few years uh, thus far. Like with um, Miniver and, well, Casablanca qualified for the next year, but Miniver, Casablanca, and... Um, to a lesser extent, last week with uh, Oliver and um, Space Odyssey. You guys yeah, watch exactly. Oliver? I wasn't there for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you forgot uh, about that. Yeah, I was Dylan, bar- yeah, sorry about busy that. Bar- being buried alive. Oh, man, he really didn't treat you well, did he? I had to go At through all about those matches, lunch. Hell in the Cell matches, Buried Alive matches, Casket matches. I got poured some men on me. You know how hard it is to get out of my hair? Still fighting. Oh, Dylan, don't 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 worry, Dylan. We'll give you a share of the profits we got from you. Hey, hey, Caleb. Oh, oh, trust Caleb. me. I already I already uh, made sure to get my profits. Hey, Caleb, come over here, away from Dylan, so he can't hear us. Okay. What's up? 
already spent the money we got. Okay, uh, what'd you spend on that? I, I, I bought some fucking Mike and Ike's. Oh my god, that's a great investment. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's worth it. Yeah, all right. So we'll just we'll just tell him we'll pay him back later. Okay, cool, cool. Dylan, right, we'll pay right. back later. Okay, fine. Yeah, we'll pay um, back later. Let Dylan. me let me yep. just call my agent real quick. Yep. Um, sector five and sector seventeen, please. Yes. Um, don't look up. That's all I have to say. Just don't look up. Don't look up. There's no missile. There's nothing. There's nothing. I don't have pings on you. I don't have any pings. Oh Jesus! But yeah, Christ. overall, I feel like this movie sucked. It was boring. As I don't shit. think it sucked. I think it was very boring. But I think there's a fine line between sucking and being boring. We're gonna was... have like if you think about it, these are best picture winners. We're gonna have one. That's going to suck. Maybe two. Oh, yeah. There's I can 93 think of, one. of them. I can think of one. I can um, think of two off the top of my head. Gone with the Wind and what? Oh, no, Gone with the Wind's not one of the ones that I think sucks. I think it's boring. I don't think it sucks. Mm, okay. Well, I'll be interested to hear what, which two you think are going I'll to I'll tell suck. you right now. It's Crash and Green Book, dude. Those movies fucking suck. I forgot about Green Book. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to Green Book. Um... Fuck. Why do you always say that right before we do the Wheel of because Watching? Because it has to happen, Caleb. We must I be remembered of the fear. Ooh. The fear we the fear we are dealing with every uh, time. Uh, uh, gentlemen, before we get to the wheel, I've got a couple little tidbits for you for 66. Because there are a couple big things that happened in this year. Sure. First off, Walt Disney died in 1966. Mm. Um, and then no, we had he's three... not dead. He never died. His head's frozen in the castle. Oh yeah, he's yeah. yeah well, his he Walt Disney <laughs> he frozen in the castle. died. Um, and then there were three very, very, very important actors who had their film debuts in 1966. Ooh, I'm not sure I know of this. All right, so first up, we have Michael Douglas debuted in Cast a Giant Shadow. He was uncredited, and he played Jeep Driver. Oh, okay. Then we had <laughs> Helen Mirren. We had Is Helen Jeep Mirren. Driver, the who, sequel to Baby Driver. I mean, the prequel. <laughs> uh, Helen Mirren debuted in Press for Time. Her character's name was Penelope Squires, but she was uncredited. And last but not least, everybody's favorite space pilot, Harrison Ford, debuted mm-hmm. in a movie called Dead Heat on a Merry-Go-Round. Oh my! Playing an uncredited bellhop. Like Holy crap! Dead heat on a merry-go-round. Dead is that like people chasing? A... They're all on horses on a merry-go-round, just chasing each other in perpetual no circles and never closing the gap. I'm I'm watch. I'm gonna look it up and try and watch it before we record the next episode. Oh my goodness! The whole movie is just that merry-go-round like sound. I forget the song. I don't know, but they're just like going in perpetual and, uh, circles. One of the revolutions, or Could one be. of the turns around, you just see a very young Harrison Ford. <laughs> He's just in the back, and then at the in the same scene, you see very old Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we get to the last thing, before we get to the Wheel of Watching, um, I think I know your answers. But should a man for all seasons have won Best Picture, and if no, who should have won? Retro- re- retrospectively, <clears throat> Best Picture <clears throat> of '66. I say no. I think the good, the bad, and the ugly has to just because of its um, importance and influence since 1966. Maybe at the time it wasn't very important, but I don't know that. I think that has to be the best picture winner. Yeah. Um, I partially agree with Caleb. 
but I'm going to say the good, the bad, and the ugly persona or Andre or Andre. Rublev. Yeah, it's got to be one of Take those three. Pick. Take mm-hmm. your pick. Any of those three. I'll just go good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. What the fuck is up with your hair, man? Okay, so I figured something out, and we'll talk about it after, but, like, it's technical problems, but, you know, I didn't realize it because I didn't have the audio recording in front of me, but continue! Roll the wheel! Do it now! Yep. Who's got the wheel? Do you want me to do it again? I can do it on the spreadsheet. Yep. Okay. I need a second to pull it up. Ross, I want to talk to you about a show called Ted Lasso. You should watch it. Oh, I love Ted Lasso. I just started watching it. It's great. It's so wholesome. I love Ted Lasso so That's much. That's been on my list to start for a long time. It's really time. good, Caleb. I, I recommend watching it. Highly, Do you have the wheel? Highly yet? recommend I Ted hear, Lasso. Uh, sorry, it's coming. You're good. I just didn't want to talk about something, and then you'd just be waiting the wings. No, no, keep talking. We got This is a short okay. one, so we got But we yeah, got it's really one. nice. I'm glad. I didn't realize this was all just a spin. Ted Lasso was just a spinoff of his character in like a NBA sports joke thing. I mean, NBC yeah, was, sports he, joke he was, thing. Yeah, he played Ted Lasso in a commercial like that was advertising the Premier League coming to NBC. <laughs> yeah, and and Apple then TV and they NBC made him like, a oh show. shit, that's actually hilarious. <laughs> that's actually fucking hilarious. Let's do it. I bet he got something at a nomination for. Some I'm pretty sure he got the. Things. I'm pretty sure he got the Emmy or the Golden Globe. I can't remember which. He got one, at least one of those. Dude, uh, Caleb, so much you got hair. that. Yeah, you do. We've you been really saying do. this for years, Dylan. It's quite disturbing. Also, the way you have your headphones on, it looks like you are about ten minutes from dreads, which is yeah, like that, <laughs> which is an your, issue. The way your hair falling right now, it is a look. <laughs> you can take a picture of this. Go ahead. Yeah, Let's I'm taking a fun. picture of this. this. Is going. This is going on social screen cap. Have some fun. There we go. I got it. Got it. <laughs> All right, I got the wheel up. Are you guys ready to spin it? Oh, God. Fucking do it. Okay. We're spinning in three, two, two one. One. Unforgiven. Oh, that's the Ooh. 90s or the late 80s. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? That's a, we were just talking about how a Clint Eastwood Western should have won Best Picture. And here we are getting yep, a Clint ni- Eastwood Western. Here we go. 1992. Yeah. Nice. I, um, I'm cool. I'm for that. I I believe it's on HBO Max, so it's super easy to watch. But okay. yeah, we were just we were just talking about how Clint Eastwood and a Western should have won Best Picture in the '60s, but here we are with a Clint Eastwood Western winning Best Picture in the '90s. So that'll be fun. Hopefully, I haven't seen Unforgiven. Yeah, I'm for it. It should be good. Hopefully, it's it's slightly less boring. I'm Hopefully sure. Hopefully, it it's a Western. Yeah. Sake. Well, Westerns can get pretty fucking boring, but either way. <laughs> yeah. Um. So is, is that the show, guys? I think, I mean, do you guys have anything else? No. Anything else to add? Um, Since I forgot to plug our socials last week, I feel like I should do it now. You can follow us on Twitter, at Binge Picture. You can send us an email at BingePicturePod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on Spotify. And then um, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show um, because that would really kind of bump us up in Apple's algorithms and ratings. Um, Definitely. Definitely rate and review if you like us talking. Even if you don't, if, murder us. No, 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 Dylan, no, no, no. If you don't like us, send us... If you don't like us, send in an, an, email. Send in an email. If you l- don't like us, don't leave a review. 
That's not very nice. We want the good reviews. But no, yeah, also, if you, if you like us, just tell tell someone else about it. Tell your friends. Yeah, we're all getting want... we're all getting vaccinated. If you're getting vaccinated yeah. and you're out in the world, tell, you're at tell a bar, the nurse giving you your vaccine. Yeah, dude. tell her if you're out uh, or I mean, him. It could be a him. Wow. If you're out wow. in the world, if you're out at a bar and you see a girl and you don't know, or a boy or <laughs> a someone you're attracted to, and 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 you want to go up to them, but you don't know hey, what to Caleb, say. Never be a PR. Go up girl. there. Never be a PR guy. No, this is great PR. You go up there, no, you'd be like, not. "Hey, have you listened to the Binge Picture podcast?" And and heads will turn. Heads are on the swivel. <laughs> and maybe she's listened to it, and you guys will hit it off. I'm telling you, try it. We have yeah. loads of listeners. We have, yeah, we have. Um, an estimated audience of 11 people and three of them are well actually two of them because dylan doesn't listen to the show are on this call mm. i don't i produce the show i'm not gonna listen to the show you know on the on the bright side that's it's almost double digits yeah we're getting close we're getting real close to double digits every week uh <laughs> <laughs> but you know what we love every all, we love all nine of you Yes, we love all nine of you, and we especially love the uh, five people on Twitter that follow us. You guys rock. And the, yeah. I thought it was and seven. The, how many? How many? Well, on there's t- there's technically seven Twitter followers, but one of them's me and one of them's Caleb, so five. You don't love me? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Facebook's a little in, in better shape somehow. Yeah, you know, I just blasted the page out to every single one of my friends, and I got a decent return on it. Hell yeah. But we, we, this is great. We love the small audience. We can be a lot more personal. We love yep. each, of, each and every one of you. Yep. So that's our show. So <laughs> join us next week for <laughs> us. Forgiving. Here Thanks we go. Thanks for listening to this shit show of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're admitting it. <laughs> <laughs>